0: So this weekend, like I said, I believe that I have a word in season for you guys, and I mean literally in season, because the name of my sermon this morning is Silence the Sirens. Silence the Sirens, and all the Oklahomans and Midwesterns said amen. And you guys know that we have been hearing this sound. There was a week specifically, there was a stretch where we could not get this sound out of our heads do not run to the bathroom or the basement. This is a illustration. This is not real. There's a tornado outside. Our security officer was really nervous that people start running for safety. (laughs) But it has been so normal that literally like the week when it was all going on and there wasn't a siren in the sky, I literally thought something is missing right now. Did I, did I leave Mac, our one-year-old at home? And I was like, no, there's just not a siren going on. Like, it literally felt so normal. And then later, actually, that day, the flood sirens went on, which I didn't even know we had flood sirens. But it has been a sound in the sky. And then also, with all the tornado talk, our five-year-old has been asking me questions about, how do tornadoes come? And where do they go? And, like, his love for our dogs went to another level, too. He's like, did you put the dogs up? Are they gonna die? Where's PJ and Murphy? Like, he's been really like, on it. Um, but but I've been to showing him kind of videos of like how a tornado, like the clashing of winds, the colliding of the hot and the cold winds. And I'm so thankful that tornado season is just a season and the sirens come and go. But just like there has been a battle of winds in the Oklahoma skies, there is also a battle of winds above our head in the spiritual realm. And this battle never ceases. The winds at war in the spiritual realm, they never cease. We see that in Ephesians six twelve. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We don't ha- We're not fighting against human opponents, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. What does that mean? There are winds that we cannot see with our own natural eye that are at battle. And the only time that we actually do see it with our natural eye is when we see which wind won, like the effects of the victory of good and the effects of the victory of evil. That's when we really see it with our natural eye. I mean, am I the only one who feels the pool and the, and the, the uh, war winds going on as far as doing what God wants me to do, responding the way that he re- wants me to respond to a situation, to my husband, to the kids, like, or just responding the way Jesus wants me to do it, or responding the way that I want to do or the way that I feel like doing? I mean, those winds can be strong, especially when you feel like you have a right or you feel a certain way. Do I respond, especially when our circumstances could actually give us a pass to do this or do that, or we feel entitled by our hurts to say this. To respond like this versus doing what Jesus would do, there is a battle of the winds. Do we surrender the winds? Do we surrender to the spirit of faith, or do we surrender to the spirit of worry? Because there's things that come up, and you feel the tornado on the inside. You feel the opposing winds. Do I give into faith, or do I give into worry? Do I give into the spirit of lies or do I give into the spirit of truth? Do I give into the wind and the spirit of being fake and putting on a front? Or do I give into the spirit of genuineness and sincerity? When I'm in lack, when there's situations going on in my finances, the battle of the winds on the inside, do I give into the spirit of generosity like Pastor Mark challenged us to, or do I give into the spirit of stinginess? Because of the needs and because of situations, there's some strong winds maybe going on the inside. I know I feel these winds at times. Do I give into the spirit of a self-centered, self-seeking, personal happiness life, or do I give into a Jesus-centered life? These are just a few of the winds at war. In all of us. And it's so easy to forget that in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the fight, in the middle of the disagreements with our family, with our boss, the things that we're feeling with our roommates, with our coworkers, whatever it is, it's so easy to forget that we're not necessarily in a fight, like Ephesians 6 says, with a specific person, but with spirits that we cannot see with our own natural eyes. The, the agenda of the world or the agenda of God, the agenda of ourselves and our own will or the agenda of God's will is being moving, is moving forward. And whether you realize it or not, we are moving forward an agenda with our response, with our attitudes, with the way that we navigate life, with the way that we make decisions. We are either moving forward the agenda of Christ and God's will, or we are moving forward the agenda of the enemy in our own will, in our own selfish ways. And with the natural wind, when winds are high outside and the conditions are ripe for a tornado, what happens? We hear that sign, that that sound, a siren. When the conditions are ripe and when you hear it, you know that you are in a potential path of destruction. In fact, if you're not hearing it, it's on the other side of town or another city, you're not worried, why? Because you're like, well, it's not near me. But a siren is meant to alert us that we are in the potential path of destruction. And I believe God put this word on my heart for you this morning because some of you are listening to this message, whether here in this room or watching online, that there are some internal storms going on. I mean, there are some strong opposing winds. How does a tornado form? It's the opposing winds. It's the opposite winds, the cold and the hot. There are some intersections of your life. Some of you are at decision points where the winds and the opposing winds of God's will or your will are at an all-time high. And sirens are alarming. And maybe you've heard the, the siren and you realize, yes, that is a siren. Yes, that is a warning. In fact, I'm tired of hearing the same message. It just can anybody talk about anything else because all I hear is this. Or my friend, they keep saying this. Like it's the same. You you're realizing, wow, okay, maybe that could be a siren or a, a warning. That gnat, that bug, that I just want to like like shake off, like it's not shaking. There's something, there's a siren, there's a warning, there's something that's been alarming. And then some of us, we don't even realize that there's sirens on because we're numb to the sirens and the warnings and the convictions of God because we're so used to doing things our own way. Like some of us are guilty of here in Oklahoma when we hear a siren. I'm not even gonna tell you which ones I woke up the kids or not because some of y'all might judge. I don't know where you're at. But... Some of us, we numb ourselves to the siren because we think the ringing in our ears of regret is a way of living. We think the ringing in the ears of complacency, we think the ringing of our ears of apathy, we think the ringing in our ears of fear and panic is normal because we've normalized it. It's a siren. Today, I'm saying God is sending sirens, whether it is through me or through a word or help you recognize that God, just like Pastor Paul said last week, that we are not called to live in defeat. Do not normalize what the what God is asking us to rise above. It doesn't mean I don't experience defeat. It doesn't mean I don't feel discouraged. It doesn't mean I don't feel fearful. It doesn't mean that I have moments of insecurity. But as a follower of Jesus, I am not gonna settle in defeat because I believe victory is always possible. Not because I feel like victory is always possible. Not because even the situation is necessarily turning around and saying victory is possible. But because Jesus lives on the inside of me and he says victory is always possible. And I mentioned my sermon title is Silence the Sirens, but sirens do have a purpose. They do have a purpose. As annoying as they are, as inconvenient as they are, as much as they might change plans, as much as they might change our direction, they have a purpose. And you know, I don't know if you guys saw this, um, a few weeks ago, there was a local weatherman in Ohio, and he went off on his viewers because he was getting tweeted at, against social media, and about how he was interrupting The Bachelorette. They were trying to watch The Bachelorette, and how dare you warn us about tornadoes in the area. And so anyways, he went off, and I want to show you this clip. It is serious. I know it's a serious thing, but it's also pretty funny. Check it out. All of this heavy rain is between you and the tornado. That's why this is a dangerous situation tonight. It's dark, it's also rainy. Uh, I was just checking social media. We have viewers complaining already. Just go back to the show. No, we're not going back to the show, folks. This is a dangerous situation, okay? It's nice rain. Right? Think about this This as your neighborhood. I'm sick and tired of people complaining about this. Our job here is to keep people safe, and that is what we're gonna do. Some of you complain that this is all about my ego. Stop, okay, just stop right now, it's not. I'm, st- I'm done with you people, I really am, this is pathetic. Sit, dangerous situation here. All right, I'm sorry I did that. I'm just, <laughs> it just really bothers me. i was watched so many times, I think it's so can... funny. And you know, to be honest, I don't know what you guys are actually going to think is funny, but I felt like it was worth, worth the risk. Because it was so, it was so funny. It was like, I'm done with you people. In fact, get swept up by a tornado, but I'm going to keep you safe. Like he was done with The Bachelorette viewers. Anyways. <clears throat> So that was annoying, right? Like the sirens can be annoying. They can interrupt the broadcast. They can interrupt our lives. They can interrupt where we were headed, where we're going. They can change our pace. And how annoying is that? When we want to go fast, but like there's some warning signs to slow down. When we want to go do, and God is saying stop. Or when we want to stay back and not do, and there's a siren saying hello, if you don't move forward, you will get paralyzed in fear. So even though I want to talk about later in a little bit silencing the sirens, I have to bring to light that sirens do have a purpose. They're a warning sign. They are a call to action, to be extra watchful because you are in the proximity. It's not guaranteed, but you are in the proximity. I mean, you're getting close to a destructive path that could possibly destroy you and destroy others. Normally, we don't go into situations saying, yeah, I want to destroy my life, and while I'm at it, destroy everybody else's, (laughs) but the sirens are signals that something could possibly be destroyed. But just like no one wants to hear that annoying sound of the seatbelt ding the whole road trip, it only goes away when we put our seatbelt on, right? It only goes away when we heed the siren, when we listen, okay, put your seatbelt on. And just like that's not supposed to be constant, the sirens in our life are not supposed to be constant. The devil wants us to live in constant siren mode. Constant ringing in our ears of shame. Constant sound of panic. I don't know what I'm going to do. Constant sound of confusion. Constant sound of stress and loneliness and apathy. Constant sound of complaining. Some of y'all complaining is such a way of lifestyle that you've totally missed the sirens because you've normalized it. Constant sound of discontentment, the constant ring. I'm here to tell you today that that's not normal. You need good friends. I'm being a good friend to you today. That's not normal to live in constant defeat, to listen to the seatbelt sign over and over again. And some people, like, how are, like, we do this all the time. When we put our alarm clock on and the snooze, like, we are just so tired. We're like, fine. I'm, I will go to sleep. I'm not hearing the alarm. I'm not hearing the alarm. I will go to sleep. Or like a crying baby. I'm not hearing the crying baby. I will go to sleep. Like, because you're just so tired, you don't want to address it. I'm telling you, if you snooze, You lose. If you are snoozing on the sirens that God is alarming, there is something at stake and you could possibly lose as you're holding on to possible complacency or pride that are keeping you from addressing the sirens. And the world's method of temporary relief, the world and the devil, they like to offer like temporary relief and it looks real blingy. It looks real shiny because it's super fast, like fast results, fast, do this. I mean, we're always looking for shortcuts, right? So we don't have to do the process. Take this pill and you lose 50 pounds, sign me up. Like there's, like, I'm just saying, like, there might be some fine print that you need to ask about. <laughs> there are some processes that we need to pay attention to. But a lot of times we, we do like to run from things that take some time and, run from things that we can't do on our own cuz we like to be in control of the situation and try to and think we can but the way the promises that the devil and the world makes to bring peace and fulfillment will never truly lead you to victory i mean there's a true victory you you know god's plan for you is not just to experience a moment of victory he wants you to experience a life of victory And where the world promises moments, God can promise a lifestyle. No matter what you face, no matter what chaos you're in, no matter what tornado is coming your way or has already hit, victory is possible. So those little medications of the world, they might bring temporary relief, but they do lead every time to long-lasting destruction. And the devil's goal, I want to expose the devil and his agenda today, the devil's goal is for each of us to be enslaved to meeting our own needs. If you constantly feel like you got to meet your own needs your way, sure, there's a part that we got to play, but when we acknowledge Jesus of our Lord and Savior, we don't got to be our own Savior anymore. We're calling on a Savior who's in heaven, who nothing can shake him, nothing can change him, who's constant and steady. We don't have to be our own savior, but the devil makes us think we gotta meet all our own needs, the own, our own way. And if we live like that, we're just constantly responding to feelings and impulses. There's no self-control, because we're just, well, we feel it, so we gotta meet a need, and I do it my way. That is not God's best for us to live, taking matters into our own hands. And God's will is for every single one of us to be able to live in victory. Every single one of us. He desires us to not live in constant siren mode constant like living like a chicken with their head cut off just confused and not knowing what to do when this situation comes did you hear that report did you see that on the news oh they said that what happened oh my goodness my job I lost my job last time I'm gonna lose my job this time they lied to me last time are they gonna lie to me this time oh no I can't trust anybody I mean constant siren mode that's not God's will for our life he doesn't want the same lie over and over again to get you tripped up. He doesn't want you to listen to the same lie over and over again, ringing in your ear, the same bad habits that keep forming, the unhealthy cycles, the unhealthy ways of navigating your life. He wants you to reset. Sure, your default might be to run, your default might be to be afraid, but he wants you to reset your default this morning. And that can be, it can be discouraging to deal with the same thing over and over again. I mean, am I the only one? Where you're like, really, Ashley, can you just get it together? Like how many times, how many prayers, how many fasts, how many things do you need to do to like get over this? And you know, those situations, those same sirens that keep going on in your life, you cannot address the chaos. You cannot address the mess with the same spirit of hopelessness that got you into the mess. Hopelessness confronted with more hopelessness just leads to more hopelessness. If you are out of hope, go to the source of hope and find confidence and find courage and believe his words that victory is possible. And sometimes that is the only ounce of courage that I have that's going to get me out of whatever mess I'm in, whatever sin, whatever response, whatever defeat I'm feeling like when I cling to the truth of God's word. He pulls me out of my pits and pulls me out of my pity parties and the silent the sirens are silenced when we address them with heavenly methods God has some heavenly methods for us to use and his heavenly methods they always although they might be uncomfortable although people might make fun of you for them Although they might look like going against the grain or going beyond reasoning, they always lead to a sound mind. They always lead to healing. They always lead to wholeness because he's a good God. And if he's leading me to a place, it's a good place because it's a good, he's a good God. His ways always leads to life. They might look unconventional to your eye or other people's eye. But they are always leading you to life in his abundant life. And God's goal for every single one of us is to do what Jesus did in the middle of the chaos. He was not intimidated by the chaos. Sure, he took some naps on the boat. But when it came time, he came and spoke to the storm. He was not, he spoke to the mess. He addressed the mess. God desires Every single one of us to experience calm, he wants to lead us to calm waters. And some of you, that just brought peace to you. Just knowing that he wants to lead you to calm waters, that his will for you is not constant chaos. Sure, there might be some chaotic situations. There might be some chaotic emotions and feelings and, and things going around and life throwing curveballs. But does not mean we, have, we don't have to reflect the status of our current situation? With Christ, we can rise above. But the sad truth is, like I said, a lot of people live like this. A lot of you might be living like this. Just the constant, the constant panic, the constant fear, and sometimes when we hear the sirens, because we don't know what to do, we get we do we get we could get paralyzed in fear, and then what happens when we get paralyzed in fear? We cut ourselves off from solutions, and we give into a spirit of despair, and we give into a spirit of hopelessness. And just like, I have a question for you this morning, that just like you would tune in to two, six or eight or your local fave or pull up your weather app, you're going somewhere, what do you do? Check the weather. You adjust according to the weather. You check it out. I've been praying that God would give you eyes to see and ears to hear to be a personal forecaster right now. Ask you a question, what's the weather like in your heart? What's the internal weather like? What winds are at war right now, currently? When we, silence the, when we silence the sirens, it doesn't mean that they're gone forever. I'm asking you, but, but we can't live in constant siren mode. There's, you know, when things happen, when we're tired, when we're vulnerable, something, someone did something that we never thought they would do, we hear something we never thought we would hear, we get a report that we never thought we would hear. I mean, there are moments where, where some sirens and some winds are clashing, but I'm asking you right now, what are the sirens going off? What winds are raging in your heart? Because there's a battle. Whatever crossroads you are at, will you choose to move forward the agenda of Christ and the will of God or your own will? What will you bow down to? Because you will bow down and to surrender to something. What will it be? What sirens have you possibly normalized and numbed yourself to because of pride or apathy You're just letting the siren go, or because of confusion, you don't know, maybe feeling overwhelmed. How many times have we felt overwhelmed? I mean, just a little um, shallow example. You see how messy your house can get, or you see how big your laundry pile can get, and you're like, I don't even know where to start, so I'm just gonna go turn on Netflix. (laughs) Like, you're just like, "I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Like, where do I start so I don't even do anything? I feel that feeling every time I open a new box of something that I have to put together. I, like, do not like putting together things. But I I do feel like a champion after I'm done. But I got to take, like, a bottle of Tylenol after. I'm not addicted to Tylenol. I'm just being (laughs) exaggerated. But sometimes we feel overwhelmed by a situation that we don't see the way out and that we don't give in to the generous supply of grace that he has for us. He has a generous amount of supernatural ability to carry you through whatever you're walking through, to help you make the choice, to help you make the decision that you have yet to make, the conclusion that you need to come to. He has generous supply of supernatural ability to help you do it. And you will not, grace is in the present. He is our ever-present help in time of need. The reason you might not be experiencing God's help is because you're still dwelling on the possibility of what if it doesn't. You're still looking to you as your Savior. As you step out in faith, His grace and His empowerment will meet you there. But He needs you to start moving. So maybe some of you are experiencing high winds in your marriage, maybe some of you are experiencing high winds in your family or with your kids or at your workplace. Maybe there's a collision of hot and cold, the collision of, of hot winds, cold wind, my will, God's will at your workplace. Maybe the collision of winds has to do with your past. There's something that God really wants you to do, something you really want to say yes to. But man, the winds are strong. Do I hold on to regret or do I receive the forgiveness of God? Maybe, you know, maybe those high winds, if you are in a 24-hour period, if you are constantly seeing the best and the worst of you in just a 24-hour period, sirens, alarm. Like our life is not meant to be an emotional roller coaster. God's word stabilizes our life. His victory, his ways stabilize our life. Maybe the winds are raging because of heartache, a breakup, of loss, of discontentment. Amen, you are about to throw in the towel and give in. Someone single in here. And you're waiting for God's best. There, you, the, the options might not have, they might not be uh, lacking, or maybe they are, but you want to give into a spirit of uh, just settling in and just, well, not, God's best is not even worth it. I don't even know if it's out there. And a man, the, the, the struggle is real and the winds are raging. You're about to throw in the towel. Or maybe it's a fear of failure. Maybe the fear of failure is sweeping through the planes of your heart. There's a dream God's wanting to give birth to. There's something he wants to do through you personally or at work. Maybe there's a bold prayer you wanna pray, but the wind of doubt and the wind of faith is raging on the inside. Which agenda are you gonna move forward? It's your decision, it's our decision. A siren could be sounding in your heart through other people, through myself this morning, and, they need, and it needs to be addressed. To silence the sirens, we need to address them because if we don't, we will make dumb, stupid decisions. The most wise decisions I have made <laughs> are not based on my feelings. And the things that I I need to do is normally not a result because I feel like doing them. I mean, the real good things for me. Sure, feelings come, you're like, bonus, that's awesome, that actually felt like doing the good thing. But there are moments, most moments, where I have to choose God's will over my own. And your strategy, when we hear a tornado outside, Our strategy matters, right? When we hear the siren, our strategy matters, the timing and the place. So does your strategy when you hear internal sirens. When there's internal sirens going off, their needs, our strategy matters. And the good news is that God mentions this battle of winds that we cannot see. He mentions it, but he doesn't leave us hanging. In the same passage, he mentions his best strategy. And his best strategy is not to sort of walk in victory. His best strategy isn't just to sort of give the devil a black eye. No, his strategy beats the devil up, kills, kills the enemy, destroys tactics. Ephesians 6.13, it says, be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Some of you have been saying, oh, "I'm against up against." You're saying this. I'm up against far more than I can handle. I'm up. God, did you know I'm up? I'm up against far. The Bible says, "You will be up this life. You will face things that you will feel like you're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over, but the shouting, you will still be on your feet." The winds that are knocking your ways are not going to knock you down. You can still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. More than words. Learn how to apply these things. You need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. This, this scripture promises victory as we use God's weapons. What's the key word there? The small one. It's the little things that matter, right? As. As. If there's something that you want to experience victory in that you're constantly feeling defeated by, are you using God's weapons? Church, if we want to experience God's victory, if we want to win the battles and win them how God says to win them triumphantly, we got to use the weapons he says to use. Use the weapons he says to use. So how do we silence the sirens? How do we silence them? How do we not constantly live in siren mode? How do we constantly not fear sirens, fear warnings? Number one, it said it right there in Ephesians 6, learn how to apply the weapons of God. Being a Christian is not just a title. Being a Christian is not just something we say we are. It is a lifestyle that we have surrendered to, the ways of Christ. When we give our life to Christ, we are saying, God, I am not living and responding to life according to my own understanding according to my own feelings, but your will found in your word. Your will found in your word. A lot of times his will might not be found in your emotions or your feelings. And I'm telling you, a lot of stuff can happen in life that can give us a lot of passes to do whatever we want. But if we are going to, to call ourselves Christ followers, we have got to realize that we have surrendered our ways to his ways. Our ways to his ways, trusting that it leads me to life and healing and wholeness. If you have given your life to Christ and you feel weaponless, it is not because you don't have weapons to win. It is because you are trying to win with you as your rescuer. I don't know if I said it in this service because all the services start blending together. But when, I'll say it again because it's worth saying if I already said it. But when we have called on Jesus as our Savior, we do not have to be our own Savior. We, we have called on him as our own healer. We do not have to be, uh, sure, there's things that we got to do. But he ultimately is our healer. David had a revelation of this in Psalms. He said, where does my help come from? When he's in the middle of of spears being thrown at him by Saul, he said, oh, where does my help come from? What does taking matters in our own hands look like right there? Finding a spear and throwing it right back at him. (laughs) Hiding in a cave and never coming out. Sure, there was a moment to take shelter, but then there was a moment to move forward. But he had a revelation. Oh, where does my help come from? Sure, I might be able to help myself, but God, I'm waiting for your deliverance. Because if I wait for your deliverance in this mess, if I wait for you to defend me, then I'm gonna be healed and I'm not going to destroy myself and everyone else around me. Ephesians 6 lists our weapons and how to apply them. In case you forgot or didn't know, your salvation is a weapon against hell. In case you forgot or didn't know, your righteousness and your identity in Christ is a weapon against the fear of failure, against the fear of rejection, against the fear of man. Your identity in Christ is a weapon. Your peace, the peace of God is a weapon against anxiety. It's a weapon against restlessness. It's a weapon against stress. Your faith is a weapon against defeat and discouragement. It is a weapon. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says, yeah, we're human, but we're not limited to the human weapons. We got godly weapons, and these godly weapons, they demolish strongholds. And so if you want to use the weapons that demolish strongholds, it says what else you got to do? It says I got to take every thought captive and make it line up with the word of God. As powerful as the word of God is, it cannot make your own thoughts line up with the word of God. You have to choose which thought are you going to believe, your thought or God's thoughts. Your thoughts or God's thoughts about your life. Your thoughts or God's thoughts about your past, about your future, about your finances, about your family, about your uh, situation going on. Your thoughts or God's thoughts. And as you do that, as you cling to the truth, his truth sets us free. So man, when I'm battling something strong, I realize, man, there is some truth of God's word that I have not clinged to. I've heard about it. I've been around it. I've been reading it, but it hasn't really taken root because the more that his word takes root in your life, the more fruit you are going to see of his word. How deep is the seed of God's word about you in your heart? Number two, how do we silence the sirens? We cling to the conviction of God's word we cling to the conviction of God's word. If we wanna silence the sirens, we must make necessary adjustments. When you hear the siren, an adjustment needs to be made. But what happens is we hear the sirens, but we also got the feelings, we also got the emotions, we also got everything going on. and In the middle of this tornado, it can be confusing. That's why we have to decide, if we really wanna silence the sirens, we have to decide, are we gonna cling and navigate life by our feelings, or are we gonna cling and navigate life by the convictions of God's word? A good therapist says, feelings are signals, they're not identities. Feelings are helpful, they help describe what's going on. They help describe the pain, they help describe what's happening, but they are signals, they are not identities. There's signals for adjustments. But a lot of times, like I said, you can't make the adjustments or the changes based on your feelings. It has to be the conviction of God's word because church, let me tell you something. That although feelings are descriptions, feelings are not a solid way to build solid destinies. The truth of God's word builds solid destinies. And a lot of you are looking for stability. Clinging to the convictions of God, God's word will bring stability. Otherwise, you are gonna feel like your feet are just dangling all the time from a roller coaster ride. His convictions stabilize our path, they stabilize our feet in the midst of confusion, in the midst of all the things going on. And so in clinging to these convictions, some of you, like I said, need to make some necessary adjustments. Maybe those necessary adjustments, some sirens are going off in your finances. Maybe you do need to save more and spend less. Maybe some necessary adjustments to avoid some real potential damage is to start telling the truth. Maybe the sirens going off and the annoying little gnats that you want to get off, people like the little things that are going on. Maybe because God knows and other people see, hey, your reputation's about to be destroyed. So maybe you do need to start making some necessary adjustments and come clean. Maybe it is like, maybe it is admitting you need help. Maybe clinging to the convictions instead of the feeling of I got to do it on my own. I got myself in this mess. I'm going to get myself out. No, if you got yourself in the mess, you need help. You need a lot of people throwing down ropes and ladders to help you out. And a lot of times it takes a lot of humility to say, yes, I need help. Throw down the ladder. (laughs) Throw down the hand. I'm going to grab the hand. And sometimes the hand that's grabbing is not the one that you want to grab, but hey, You know what? It's an answer to prayer. Maybe not the ones you thought, but it's an answer to your prayer. So maybe it is admitting you need help. Maybe it is taking a break from all the social medias. Maybe it's at the siren sounding because your identity is at stake. You can't celebrate others. You're constantly wrapped up in envy and comparison. You can't move forward in your own life and love your own life because you're so busy comparing, resenting what you have because you don't have what they have. A siren is going off because you will not move forward the mission. You will not fulfill your purpose caught in comparison. Sirens are going off. That's not normal for us to live entrapped when victory is available. What is it? What is a siren? Maybe it's getting over the offense. Maybe an adjustment is just letting it go. Because as much as the person hurts you and it hurts, it's nothing compared to the hurt that you will feel through your life by holding on to that offense. It's a siren hey, you want friends, hey, you want community. But the siren is that if you don't get over this or you don't get over the fear of rejection or you continue to stay with this low self-image, you will never have the confidence to find the community and be around the solutions and answered prayers that God has waiting for you. When we, clinging to convictions of God's word means when we experience backstabbing That we trust him as our defender instead of our own feelings of seeking revenge. It means that when we experience judgment, we cling to the conviction of mercy instead of hate. When we experience loneliness, it means we cling to the truth that he is enough, rather giving in to the feelings of despair and unworthiness. Church, if you want what God has for you, you have to live the life he has asked of you. If you want what God has for you, you have to surrender to the ways that God has written out in his word. And last question, to silence the sirens, you gotta answer this question honestly. Is he the Lord of your life? I'm not asking you if you've prayed the prayer of salvation. Some of you haven't, admitted. it's obvious that you have never prayed that prayer, obvious to you that you've never prayed that prayer of salvation, but I'm talking about, we can pray the prayer of salvation, but he can also not be the Lord of our life. Like our own Pastor Paul says, he says, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. It's like we're directing the course of our life with our self, our self has one of the reins, and then God has the other reign. No, he needs both reins. Is he the Lord of your life? is the Lord of your life and your relationships, does he have the final say in your finances? Does he have the final say in your heart when you feel like you, when they don't deserve this, when you feel like you have the right to judge them for that, does he have the final say? When you feel weary, when you feel tired of giving up, does he have the final say of when to throw in the towel or to not throw in the towel? Does he have the final say Have you made up in your mind that he is your shelter, that he is your safety? And a lot of the times we haven't been able to silence the sirens and use godly methods because his ways are still a backup plan. Depending on which way the wind blows, depending on which way the circumstance goes, depending on what they say, depending on what they do, That's going to determine what I do. You may not say it out loud, but why have you not moved and surrendered yet? Because it might be that his ways are still a backup plan. When sirens come on in life, we will not be able to find real peace if we still have the reins to our life in our hands. And when we're facing high winds, guys, when we're facing tornadoes and we're, when we are hear the sirens, like we need to run to a shelter that can silence the sirens. Something stronger, someone stronger than the storm. You may feel broken, but your creator, he knows how to put you back together. When you're running to the shelter, when you feel like you've lost yourself, he knows where to find you. He knows where you lost your way. And if you run to him, he can put you back together. We need Jesus in every situation, in every season. You know, these last few months you know, definitely have had the the confusing tornadoes of emotions and hormones. Yes, I realize I do have a lot of estrogen going on the inside in the form of a cabbage and a baby growing in the inside of me, but I cannot be wondering all nine months, is this the baby or is this me? Like, I, there's some sirens that, that need to be addressed, but honestly, there's some things that have been going on personally. There's some internal storms. There's some things that I've had to face that I had to decide my will or God's will. It doesn't matter what I think they deserve. It doesn't matter what I think they should do. Or that. It matters what, who has the final say. Who is Lord of my life? He determines. You know, Paul shared uh, recently that even my, my dad, we go into a doctor visit was having symptoms, we just thought he was just going to get stints in his heart, and then ten minutes later, they came out. They're like, "No, stints is actually not even an option. Like he's got to go into uh, bypass surgery. All the arteries are are blocked. In fact, um, uh, in fact, ninety five percent of the people that have the blockage that your uh, dad has are dead, and so he's among the five percent." I was like, "Oh, okay." And honestly, you know what rose up on the inside of me that moment? Thankfulness that he was part of the five percent, and thankful that the sirens were gonna be silenced because we were addressing the mess. And as uncomfortable and as humbling and as hard as it was for him to walk that road and still on the road of recovery, thank God for the prayers of his connect group and all that, that that he's doing well. But as hard as uncomfortable that road is, the silence, the sirens have been silenced. And now, yeah, sure, there might be more sirens that come on, a fear of, well, is this going to work? How's it? Like, there can always be, but, but when you address the mess, instead of intimidating, instead of being just sleeping through the whole thing, but address the mess and the storm and silence the sirens, you will experience the peace of God as you use God's weapons, as you learn how to apply them, as you cling to the convictions of God's word rather than just the feelings and the emotions, and honestly, through a number of things, I came to Paul one night and I just said, Paul, the things that I were it was able to fight off easily, I'm having a hard time. I mean, normally, like in my head, and I think I am in real life, I'm not sure. It's kind of like when I watch music videos dancing, I'm like in my head, I'm like, I got that. But in real life, it's like totally opposite. But like, you know, like Wonder Woman, like going through, I like that movie. I kind of do have a thing for like female superpower. I'm like, yeah, you got it. But like when Superwoman, like go Wonder Woman, is like going through all the darts and the fire. And she, her arm, she's just like, nothing is flinching. Like, normally I feel like, okay, I got this. I'm, I'm doing this. But honestly, like there was, some, there was some bullets that were shot that went deeper. There was some things that I normally, i normally I'm like, yeah, shake it off. It's not a big deal. That is actually was like really difficult to like shake off. Or there was things that were said or situations or whatever that might be things that I didn't think this about that situation or that person, all of a sudden like I am, like there were some things that need to be shaken off. And I said, Paul, hey, like I, I need you, can you pray for me? And as he began to pray for me, he said, Ashley, your armor's down, your armor's been down. And I believe that God spoke that to him and I said, you're right, I haven't been using my weapons because I've been tired and I've been vulnerable And when we're tired and we're vulnerable, it is so easy to feel entitled to say or do or respond, whatever, because we feel entitled because of a situation or a circumstance. But as Christians, we don't identify with what we've been victims of. We identify with his victory because we identify with Christ whether you're behind the person down here, out in the crowds, can you reach out your hand to these people as we pray for them? Lord, I thank you, Jesus, God, that you are with them, that you are for them, God. You give them courage that they rise up and use their godly weapons, God. I thank you, Father God, through the fog that they see your light, they see your word, my lamp, My word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path, the word of God says. My lamp, you are not without hope because you have me. You are not without victory because you have me, the Lord says. God is with you, God, I pray for strength. God, I pray for strategies from heaven, God. I pray for discernment. I pray, Lord God, that you speak to them and they hear your voice of when to speak, when to shut up, when to listen, when to stop, when to move, God, when to push the gas pedal, when to push the stop pedal, God. I pray for discernment in Jesus' mighty name, amen. God is good, church, amen. Can you give him a shout of praise? He is worthy, he is faithful.